Welcome to episode 18 of the super awesome Rex Chapman show and the pretty awesome Josh Hopkins. Right? You could probably do better than that, like on my side. Welcome to welcome to the eight episode 18 of the Rex Chapman show with pretty awesome, sometimes kind of dorky Josh Hopkins. No? Pretty good? Uh, last time, just try it like one it. more time. Okay. Right, one more time. Welcome, welcome to the super sexy Rex Chapman show with pretty crappy Josh Hopkins. Is that it? Did I hit it? I'll take it. Let's let's move. Okay. On. All right. What's up, man? Hey, did you read anything this week by chance? Book club. We should do. Book oh, yeah, club. let's do book club. Let's. Uh, it's kind of where we let people know, you know, interesting things we're reading. I didn't actually read anything this week, and did, did this week missed it. Did you? No, big week. Suns are in the finals, and uh, I'm. Using right. all of my mental energy on that, so I didn't read anything. Okay, well, that's been book club. Well, it's been a lot going on, Rex. The finals, guy, can you? The finals, you are excited. Your sons in the finals. Who had the Bucks and Sons in the finals in the beginning of the year? Who, who was that? Who, who did that? Probably, probably only you and I, you yeah, know, because we, we both know, were always we know, like, we were always, like, we were always like, Bucks sure. and Sons. Uh-huh. Collision course. I, I was like, I think the Bucks will get past Atlanta in the conference finals. Remember, I was saying that. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning. You, of the well, you also said, yeah, you also said, I, I got a feeling Trey's going to get an ankle injury, and so you and weirdly, I was like, because the refs stand so close. You did remember? I was like, yep. he's going to. You could step on a foot. Yep. And what happens? And then we kind of called Giannis's injury too. I mean, yeah, left knee extension of the knee. Uh-huh. We were of like, the left he knee. could land weird. Right. Speaking of that, real quickly, did, you you know you've played it, you've done it, but it seems like to me from watching sports all these times, you see these bad injuries and you see a knee buckle or go the wrong way. It. I wasn't too worried about you know i've seen a lot of times that hyperextension mm-hmm. it goes really far it looks awful and it definitely is an injury but since there's no side to side movement in it it's not like a, a acl mcl your knee explodes you know uh eight mm-hmm. months of rehab it's like a ow Mm-hmm. And then you kind of let it, but no structural real damage. Uh, that seems to be the case most often. Do you agree or not? That seems to be the case. And it seems to be the case with Giannis. It looked awful, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to take into consideration his body makeup too. He's such a long athlete. And that the thing that can really happen when that, even if there's no, nothing structurally wrong, is you can get a deep bone bruise when those two bones run up under one another and you know for him and the way he plays especially given that he can't shoot Mm -hmm. um his legs are so important and that's his lift leg his left left leg Mm -hmm. right hand um it'll be interesting i don't think he'll play in game one Mm -hmm. i i'll be shocked if he plays i really will i don't yeah and and even if he plays how how effective can he be? I mean, normally this would be a month thing anyway. I mean, you, you wouldn't sure, come back from this sure. in a week. Not in the regular season. Not obviously. in the regular season. You just wouldn't. So no even if he comes back, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, how well he's able to play. 
do they have yeah. a chance? Do the Bucks have a yes. chance if he doesn't play? Yes. Yes, they do. I mean, they've got pros. Drew, Drew Holiday, that's, that's kind of the X factor is Drew. He's right. such a great player, but he's, he's really selfless. And for them to have a real chance, if Giannis doesn't play, he's got to be more selfish and come out of his natural personality. And that's fine to do for a game or two. But when that's your default, for him to do that four, five, six, seven games and try to go out and get 30 every game when he's the best defender, too, on their team and that yeah. he's got to be yeah. chasing Booker or Chris. And that's the other, I think, dilemma that they have. Who, who guards uh, Devin? P.J. Tucker? Uh, this is your department. I have, I mean, I you, think, I think either, that either way you're going to, you can't, you can't switch off to one because, and then to the other, so you can get rest. I mean, right. Paul and Booker are going to run you ragged no matter who it is. I think they've got a decision to make. Cause I, PJ can weirdly guard Kevin Durant pretty well. And they let him get up under Kevin and use his hands. They won't let him do that on Devin Booker. And I don't uh -huh. think that's a good matchup for PJ. So it means that Drew probably has to guard Devin Booker and then someone else. And who is that someone else who's going to guard Chris Paul? Pat Connaughton? I like Pat, but eesh. so and I mean, with Dante DiVincenzo being out and we don't nobody's talking about that a lot. He hurt his foot a couple months ago out for the year. That really hurt them. Yeah. Then with Giannis out. Um Man, I'm fired up. I, I Let me just ask see you it. this, though. This yeah. is interesting because you said the like Middleton needs to step up. I mean, uh, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. But, like, I know he's sad that Giannis is out. They, they want to be there fully. But is there a part of a guy like Middleton that's excited now to be the man he he's got he knows he has to step up he knows he has to shoot and score not like should I or defer or whatever is there part like he he could emerge from this thing as a bona fide star he could again and he's terrific I love Chris Middleton and he's he's a bitch because he's six eight and big you know he he's he's a he's a matchup problem the problem, the, the thing is, the Suns have a pretty good answer for Chris and Jay Crowder. Um, you know, Jay is a versatile defender. I'm not sure the matchups really work in Milwaukee's favor without Giannis. Now, the one thing they can do, though, they can play really big. You know, they can play Brooke, Brooke Lopez is essentially a two guard anymore. <laughs> was drafted as a back to the basket five, made the all star team that way and has transitioned into being just an unbelievable three point shooter. Um, so, so I, it's going to be a fascinating series. I'm in Phoenix. Uh, I got here last, thank you, buddy. I got here last night, uh, on my flight, Steve Smitty, Steve Smith and Maria Taylor been in the news a little bit here in the last few days. Um, but, uh, yeah, just an exciting time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang out and then, uh, my game day prep, I'm going to go swim. Then I'm going to go. I got an NBA TV hit down at the arena around four o'clock. And then I'm just, I may just go and sit in my seat and wait <laughs> until every, every yeah. person's in there. Oh, I, I can't love wait. that big games. Remember the 
championship game in 2012. We got there as early as we could. We got to our seats and we're just like, oh, oh, 30 minutes on the clock. And then they do, then they'll reset it for the 30 minutes of warm up. Yeah. We were there like, we were. Oh, it's so good. Look at that ball boy. I mean, we were, we, we were there. We were, man. Yeah. I can't believe the Suns are in the finals. It just seems kind of surreal. Um, and I know it probably seems that way for many Suns fans in the Valley. Uh, but wow, what an experience. What a year. Just kind of, um, you know, over the last year. Oh, and today we're going to get back into a little stuff with James Jones. We're going to run some of the old James Jones stuff uh, when we get into it. Just yeah, uh, I'm glad uh, about that because, I mean, you set too. him up. You asked him if he had the pieces and and he gave a great answer and kind of uh, intricate went down and said, why? I mean, yeah, I'm interested in reviewing all that too. Now that then finds, I gotta be honest when he was like, yeah, I think we got the pieces. I was like, <laughs> he thinks he's got the pieces. They don't have the <laughs> No, I was like, no, you know, after they, how they, well, they've been playing and played all year, but I didn't think they had the pieces to be honest. And then he's, his, yeah, his, and as much know. as anything, the culture change that he's helped inspire absolutely no question you know robert robert sarver hired james jones three years ago james went out and signed monty williams and had he not signed monty monty would probably be coaching the lakers because they were coming after him as well um and then you know go back a year this team's probably, maybe, arguably been the best team in the NBA since the bubble. They went 8-0 yeah. in the bubble, barely missed the playoffs, and then they won 51 games uh, this season. They've won 12 more in the postseason now. Um, obviously, some of that goes to – a lot of that credit goes to Chris Paul, uh, bringing in Chris Paul this that last summer. Just that ultimately kind of sets the, the table for everybody else. James Jones ultimately did that. He knew that would be a culture change and went after the right guy. I mean, that's all, that's him that made that decision. Yeah. And he was yeah. right. Paul's and then I think there was a couple the of, He sure has. Yeah. I mean, it, and a, at a perfect time in Chris's uh, career, you know, where people are going to listen to everything he says. He's a top five point guard in the NBA, maybe all time, <laughs> you know, top 10 anyway. Uh, he's a leader. I think it, it's his time. The other, I think, signing that doesn't get talked about enough, they went out and signed Jay Crowder last summer to a very friendly deal. Um, you know, I'm sure Jay wasn't too thrilled about it at the time, but man, he's landed in a perfect spot. And I don't know if you know this, Jay Crowder's dad is Corey Crowder. And Corey Crowder was recruited by my dad, Wayne Chapman in college and um, from a little town in Georgia. And Corey came to Kentucky Westland, uh, won a national title, was division two player of the year one year. And uh, so I go way back with Corey. I'm so excited to see Jay do this. Jay's bigger. Corey was about six, four, six, five. Corey played in the NBA as well. Played, played for the jazz for a year and then played overseas. So a bit of a family affair yeah, going go. on. I, I just love no question. I'm excited about it. this for, oh. you know, we're Kentucky guys. Devin Booker, man, he's got a chance to come out of this thing as, as a crossover star. He's been a 
big star in the NBA and everybody knew it, but nobody watches him play. The Suns have not been good for the entire time he's there till recently. And the average fan, I mean, depending on your definition of average, some people don't really know his game. The, uh, he's got a chance to come out of this and people that don't watch the NBA will know his name, like an all state commercial guy, like people like Chris Paul, people know his name that don't even know basketball that well. He's got a chance here to become a bona fide superstar. Yeah. Like a lot of people will get to know him after this. I mean, he probably nobody knows him outside of basketball. I mean, he's dating one of the Jenners. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that's (laughs) most people would say, Oh, you mean that guy that, yeah, That's right. Center? Right. That will switch. That will change yeah, a plays, bit. He plays ball, plays baskets or something, right? <laughs> plays baskets. But if he's MVP of the finals of the NBA right. that they win, then then it's a different script. You know, I just find it funny. You, it's a great point, Josh. I, I find it not funny. I just find it amusing that, that um, he played on such bad teams. I think he had what something like 70 teammates in his first four or five <laughs> years in the NBA. And That's he had like five know. coaches, four or five coaches. And, you know, the teams weren't good. And the, the narrative was, yeah, he can do all that in the regular season. He can get 20 points a game, but he can't, well, you know, can he play in the postseason? Can't get a team to the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's yeah, 24. He's 24. And now look at him. Everybody just shut up. Everybody just shut up. Man broke his nose. He plays both ends. Took the mask off. Got hit in the nose a couple more times. By the well, way, that, that looked bad. When he got hit again, I was like, oh, he, that would hurt. He really sticks his nose in there, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm just – I'm fired up. I, I, I don't know if anybody can tell which team I'm going to root for, but – I'm going to root for one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, uh-huh. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Not impartial. You know, I am a little concerned about Chris Middleton. Uh, I was looking up some of his stuff earlier. And when he shoots it well, like, you know, when he's shooting the three ball well at a high percentage, oh, uh, man. And I think he shot something in the games they've won playoffs he shot like 60 percent from three and the games they've lost it's like 20 percent right so um he's gonna have to step up but man it's gonna just what a what a fun time and then you know i think uh listening to james jones today we're gonna it's gonna a couple of before we get right to that real get before we get right to that i want to get your take now that this whole nil thing is super official it started at every school It's no one knows what is going on. No one knows where this could branch off to. What's 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 going on? Do you know? Does anyone know the rules? What are the rules? They don't seem to be specified. I think every school is trying to kind of make their own, you know, little blueprint. Um, But it, it appears that it's just the wild, wild west. Athletes, if they if somebody offers them some money to, to do something, it seems like they're going to be able to to take advantage of that. I'm sure a lot of it's going to have to go through the the right channels at the universities. Um, but man, what an exciting time! And I I do find it kind of funny that that <laughs> since this is 
kind of broken in the last week or two. How many more people seem to be on the athlete side than were on the athlete side before? <laughs> right. Almost right. like people are going, man, you guys could have been doing this the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you've been <laughs> preaching it a long time. But in my, here's my question. It's, it's since the rules are so broad, no one really knows. It happened so quickly. The NCAA was like, yeah, yeah, you can do it. And there it's, it's like in the, some basketball related, whatever, but it's human nature. People are going to take advantage of it mm-hmm. because that, because there's no rules. Capitalism. Someone's going to be the first. Yeah. So what's to stop, you know, the guy who's the big booster at state university to go, eh, I want uh, you to come in and uh, give a speech to my workers and I'll give you, $25,000 because for motivational speak and you'll get a class credit for it because <laughs> yeah. like what, and, and the 25 know. grand is just cause I, could I say a hundred grand? Could I say what, you know, and do we say that before the kid comes, what's to say right. uh, Nike says, we'll give you a deal. If you go to so-and-so school, say, say right. K- Kentucky's a, a, a Nike school, right? Mm-hmm. And say to, to the kid, look, yeah, you can, if you go to Kentucky, we'll give you, you know, $100,000 for Nike. But what if Nike says, but if you go to Oregon, we'll give you $250,000. Like, <laughs> like wh- wh- where does this go? I don't know. I don't know that there's anything stopping anybody. I, I really don't. You know, the other day I saw a young man, I think, signed a deal. And I'm not, I'm a, I, with like, it's not pet smart, but like a pet store. Right. Um, right said he was going to donate half of his money to charity. I'm like, this is great. This is great. I saw another quarterback uh, from, I don't know where again, and he's um, going to do cameo 50 bucks a pop and donate all that money away. Well, I mean, to charity. Well, right. But I think cameo, that's I've seen a lot of the kids signing up on that. And that is very yeah, cool. It, but it's like beautiful. me. I want to go to all the Kentucky kids cameos. I don't even want to do a cameo. I just want to be like, here's 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first time I can right. really show you my. That's right. I can pay him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but uh, but what's the point of not? The, but if they say we're going to give it to charity, I mean that's great. But do they set precedent that their that their teammates that aren't stars can't really follow because they need the the money? The money. It's like. <laughs> It's you know, I, I saw I saw the argument the other day that one of the uh, administrators was making, saying we've got to we have to make sure that there's not like a hierarchy in the locker room. <laughs> Guess what? There's always a hierarchy in yeah, the locker yeah. room, and yeah. even if you're talking about you know just well, there's an art hierarchy as as players, sure. and then you know there's people on the team who are better than the other guys who are going to get more opportunities, more media, more, all of that stuff. So you mean like regular life? Yes. Yeah. Just like like, regular life. Yeah. Yeah. Merit, (laughs) merit based shit. And so I, I'm, uh, I understand what they're saying. And this is a shock to the system for a lot of people. It really is. I'm, I'm anxious to see how the fans respond to it. You know, once we get into playing, um, you know, if there's any pushback from fans, I don't think that there really will be. It's just going to be, it's a new day. And I, for one, you know, I know 
back in the day, I could have made a ton of money playing uh, with the <laughs> man. NIL. Man, I'm just glad that these these young men and women can do this now because it does. The, the thing that's always bothered me about it is, not, you know, I was able to go on and play professionally. Um, very lucky and fortunate to be able to do that. But almost none of my, you know, teammates in college did. Um, and But they spent every minute lifting, doing all the same stuff I did. Um, but then their four years are up and we'll see you later. No insurance, no pension, no nothing. And forget about basketball for a second. Football, you got to go to school and play for at least three years of college when you play football. Get Playing that sport, ACLs and necks and, and uh, I mean, backs and, and all of that stuff, same CTE the NFL players are getting. And then you get out of school and you've got no pension and no right. insurance. Mm. That's a whole different deal. So, you know, if those young men could make some money when they're in college, that's great. That helps. That helps tremendously save some money. And if you don't make it, then, hey, you've also made some business connections along the way. If you play that yeah, well, game hopefully, right. but, you know, that's such a, they worry about, you know, the kids that are drafted and the money they make and how are they going to do it? Is someone going to be there to help them invest and not just, you know, in your day, some of the players said they just went and cast a check, you know, like yeah. there was no structure yeah. and now there's much more in it, but you know, these kids are even more immature than rookies going into the NBA and whatnot. I mean, how are they, they going to deal with this money and hopefully institutions will have I, someone to help them? That's the great point, Josh. I think that's the key. NBA players, NFL players, unless you studied finance, uh, in college, which almost none of us did, you, you have no understanding, you know, unless you came from some money and most of us didn't come from money. So, I, you know, I think to be able to get these young men and women thinking about these things while they're in college as young people, I think they'll, I, I, there's an opportunity for the schools to, to, to really set a good example and start teaching these young people about how to handle money. Yeah. It, it's always kind of, it's not been something that, that uh, schools have wanted to do in the past because they don't want to encourage kids to leave and know what's going on. You know? Right. Well, I even think, you know, athletes aside that they should do that a little more in just high school. Here's how no our question. system works. This is how yeah. the money, this, this is why inflation does this and that does that because right. In high school, I don't, I, I'm not great with no it now, clue. you know, but Same. they could teach just the basics as I, you, you just understand it more as you grow and you have a, a little grasp about the market and futures. And, you know, I wish they teach a little, that just more practical things they teach, uh, you Agreed. know, starting in high school. Agreed. I'm excited, man. I, I think it's a brand new day for the NCAA. I'm excited for the, uh, the teams, obviously, but I'm excited for the players. Um, Josh, finals are here. You ready to uh, get into episode 18, buddy? I am. Well, let's talk about – so we talked to James Jones, yep. the, uh, the GM for the Suns, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And he was very forthright and told us – it was so interesting because here they are in the finals. He <laughs> talked about how they built the team. They, he talked about um, the culture – 
He talked, yeah. and then ultimately he he did say that the owner helped with the culture and has really put in. Have you played? Could you tell the difference in cultures where you played, where the owner was like, "We want a championship," and some owners you could tell were just happy to have a team. Yes, that's. I mean, that's. <laughs> yes, I did, I have. It's uh, I, I this is so surreal. Uh, you know, being living in Phoenix for as long as I did. And then this, and then the sun's being, you know, bad for over a decade, you know, no playoffs, but for it to happen, you know, when such a, a short time, once they hired James Jones, James hired Monty and Robert gave him, you know, Robert Sarver's taken a lot of shit over the years. Um, sure. But I would like to remind people that Michael Jordan's taken a lot of shit over the years as an owner, Mark Cuban took a lot of shit as yeah. a young owner in this league. Yeah. And um, you go through growing pains. Robert's business is banking. He, he had no idea about basketball. He's learned that on the fly. Took some lumps, took some shots, but look at him now. I mean, uh, he gave James um, and Monty authority to, to um, you know, do the things that they wanted to do. And immediately the culture started to change. And the, the one thing, you know, how you watch a college team and you can tell when that team just has kind of has a, a little magic about them. They love one another. You can see it all the time. That's what's going on with the Phoenix Suns. They love Monty Williams. I mean, like you see, you know, high school players love their high school coach. Yeah. It's kind of like that. So it's it's really fun to watch. I'm excited to uh, see what's going on uh, tonight, this week. Can't wait. I can't either. The finals are upon us, and it's a you know no LeBron in the final, no KD, no Steph. Yeah, this is a new era. You know, it's no one expect. You know, it's been I don't know how long since we've had a LeBron or a KD or a Steph or all. It, this is a new a new time. It's going to be interesting, and everybody's pretty excited for Chris Paul. He no deserves this. He he's always that. been a general, a leader, a unbelievable, crazy competitor. And, and this is, you know, if he wins this, it cements him in a way he was already, but in the barbershop way, he's the, well, well, he did not win a championship, you know, like yeah. in the barbershop way, he wins one and it's a, it's a big difference. So yeah. everybody's pretty, he deserves to be here. Agreed. And, and it dawned on me watching uh, the Suns win it, uh, um, last week and go advance to the Western Conference Finals that my jersey, my number's pr finally going to be in the rafters at in the Suns arena. It's just going to have Chris Paul's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> Maybe they'll, instead of hanging uh, the back with it, they'll just hang the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you can always just point to it. That's right. Well, let's get into episode 18, Josh, with James Jones. General Manager of the Phoenix Suns. Welcome, James. What's going on, buddy? I'm good, man. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you. I'm going to jump right in. You know, I, I know I've probably told you this before, but right when I finished playing uh, in 2000, started working for the Suns uh, there in the front office scouting, and you were one of the first guys that they sent me to, to, to watch at Miami. And just to watch what you've done, uh, you know, coming second-round pick, um, 15 years in the league. 14, 14, 14, 14 years in the NBA, 
uh, three titles, correct? Yeah, three. Three titles. Um, and now, you know, have taken the Phoenix Suns and uh, kind of morphed them into something that we haven't that we haven't seen. And, you know, I do want to talk about the players. Uh, and and I want, to, I want to talk about Robert Sarver for a second. Robert went out this year and, you know, going and getting a player like Chris Paul, um, an older player, still a great player, all-star. That's a, but he's got a big salary. That's a big sandwich to eat. What went into the thought about bringing Chris into the fold this summer? And I'll also say, yeah, the, the best offseason acquisition, I think, but the second best one is Jay Crowder. That's another starter, bang for the buck. So please go ahead, Jay. Yeah. I mean, well, Chris, it's, you know, Chris is Chris. You know, I mean, what, Robert, what Robert said and what he's been committed to is like, you know, how can we help our guys the most? You know, and when you look at Devin, DeAndre, Mikel, Cam, Dario, we have all of our guys. You know, like when you talk about all of our guys, Robert's focus is like, how can I help these guys the most? Like these guys are committed to, to giving us everything. How can I give them everything that they need to succeed? You know, so go get go get the best coach you believe can can coach this group. And and then go and get the best player that you think can help us the most. And for luckily for us, Chris was available. And what we had built was something that he respected, you know, and he felt like, hey, I could thrive there. So going and getting Chris, you know, was was uh, that was that was Robert saying, hey, whatever it takes to help our guys, I want you to explore and I want you to get it done. It's just that simple. Wasn't complex. Wasn't anything beyond saying he understands that for young guys, they need leadership. And, you know, that's been my my charge. Go and find us leaders that can help our young guys reach their potential. And then you talk about Jay Crowder. Robert was a driving force behind Jay Crowder. Robert's watched Jay Crowder. Um, played against him, didn't like it, you know, because Jay's yeah. a real tough team first guy, but just he just always saw Jay's competitive spirit for the team. And he felt that after years of having an environment where young guys are trying to prove themselves and by nature, young guys are selfish because they're just trying to find their way and they have to worry about themselves to make it to the second contract. Robert was like, I want someone who, who's beyond that. I want someone who's above that. I want the best teammate, the best competitor we can find um, that will give our group the toughness that we need. And and that was Jay. And so same thing. Rob was like, hey, you know, whatever it takes to get Jay Crowder, I think we should do it. And um, and we got it done. So without those two guys, we wouldn't be where we are today uh, because they are our starters. They are the guys with experience, but they're two of the best teammates these guys could ever hope for. Dude, and speaking, I, speaking I, I, of Chris Paul, real quick, yeah. did, because obviously he's so, he's an all timer and an all time competitor, and uh, a team guy. I mean, he'll scrap, he'll get into it, he gets up on people. How much of his talent has been really the turnaround? How much has it been his leadership? I know it's, it's both, but which which trumps the other? You know what is crazy? He's balanced because we need them both equally. If you watch the way he plays. Chris has the ability to give us exactly what we need um, when we need it. And, and there are games where it's just leadership, you know, just talk the guys through and let them go there. And then you'll have another game like we just had recently uh, in New York 
where he's like, my talent needs to take over this game for us because our young guys aren't ready for this moment yet. And, and they and so sure did. He's been doing that. He's been doing that all year. And so every time I want to look and say, hey, you know what? Our young guys can carry us and, and Chris is leading us. I'm proven wrong the next day when it's like, hey, we need Chris's talent. We need him to score. We need him to, to dominate for us to even have a chance. And, and like like a fighter, he answers the bell every single time. So he's he's that's why he's unique. That's why he's one of the greats, because there, I don't think there are very many guys in the league that can, can do what he does um as consistent he can't can can do the things that he does on a consistent basis when it's called for inconsistently if that makes sense sure because it's not the same thing every night our young guys we're having games where three of our guys are really really scoring and he doesn't need to do anything and then we'll have games where those guys are great in the first quarter and it looks like they're headed towards a good night and before you know it the bottom drops out of it and now we need chris hey we need you to have your your fingerprints and handprints on the next 10 possessions give me six made buckets two free throws, four assists, and two steals. Like, And ha to have those types of runs without changing his approach drastically, like to do it in the moment, is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, you've got Aiton, Booker, CP3, um, Jay, guys that you know you, you've sort of targeted as your, as your guys. But as you look around from the outside looking in, your player development is killing it. Um, <laughs> I go back a year or a year and a half, Mikael Bridges jump shot. I couldn't even look at it. Um, you know, Javon Carter's come in, he's playing campaign. You got Tory Craig, you've got, you got guys that can start that are sitting on your bench sometimes and don't even get in the game, but they're cam cam Johnson. He continues to get better. What is it about your player development that's allowing? Cause Mikael's jump shot improvement is it's dramatic. How did you get there? Well, well it starts with the, the guys, you know, having players that are like invested in, in their own improvement. You know, that's 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 the first step. And then secondly, you know, there's no ego about it. Like we all have our ideas of what a player should be and what we want them to be. Um, but at the end of the day, our job is just to help these guys improve. Um, and and we're taking what they do well and what they want to do. And we're empowering them to, to do more of it. You know, so rather than come in and fix a guy's shot and say, we're going to tear your shot down and break your shot down and tell you how to be a player. I'm, I'm, I, who am I to go and tell a guy who's, you know, for 22 years, been the best player on his team and had tremendous success. Who am I to say, hey, this is how you have to do it. Um, that's kind of arrogant. You know, so we, we take a different approach where it's like, you know, we have our ideas of what should be done, um, but we want to be effective more than right. So for Mikel, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, like has 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 improved his jump shot and he he was hitchy. You know, he had yeah. tried some things that had gotten him derailed. And it's not like, hey, those things that you've done are wrong. It's, hey, let's get you back right. What does it take? What do we need to do to get you to a point where you're comfortable shooting it, you know, shooting it the way you want to shoot it? Um, and so just gentle nudges and improvement. We have an improvement philosophy. I always talk about develop. No, I said this the other day, when you're talking about developing something, you're trying to start from scratch. Um, what I think our guys appreciate is that we're saying, no, we're not developing anything. We're improving what you already have. And that's acknowledging the work and acknowledging their skill. And, and that creates the synergy and buy-in from both sides, where it's like coaches and trying to tell you what to do. Coaches trying to help you do what you said you want to do. 
And that's how you you build a working relationship. And and these guys have been at it. We're a work team. We talk about it all the time. Chris will tell you, you know, he likes to be the first guy in the gym. He likes to work, you know, but Javon Carter's here two hours before him putting up 8,000 shots a week. And, you know, that's not for show. That's just who he is. And 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 so I would I would say that's who we are. We're a team uh, of guys that that want to improve um, by choice. It's those when, little. Uh, go, yeah, go, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, I'm right. sorry. I'm so excited, James. No, I am, too, because uh, we're both Kentucky guys. So I grew up in Kentucky near Rex. And of course, Booker is one of our favorite players in the league. How do you think uh, Chris Paul has helped him in his growth as a professional? And how do you think he can improve? What can he improve upon to to get better every year? Because he he seems like a finished product at at some point. Well, I think how, like Devin said just before, that iron sharpens iron. I think what 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 Chris does is Chris provide provides um, a, a weight, a counterweight to Devin. Um, you know, for the first time in Devin's career, you know, he goes down at the end of the game, and should he have the ball in his hands or should Chris have it, depending on the matchups, like depending on the way the game is going. And that's not something that you know in the past you would dictate it. You know, like hey, get the ball to Devin. Now he's figuring it out. You know, Chris is coming down in transition and saying, hey, you go to the weak side. I got it. You know, for, for a young player, that's important because you'll run into moments where you, regardless of how good you are, the moment is too big for you because the opponent will take it out of your hands. They can double you. They can trap you. They can pick you up full court. You know, they can make you make another play. And I think Chris has allowed him to be able to accept that and not feel like he is going to hurt the team. Like the team will lose if I step away. If I get off of it, you know, like I'm not letting my team down. Um, and then Chris, Chris will say what he needs to say. Um, and not only will he say what he needs to say, he'll back it up. You know, he can he can be the one to say, hey, this is the way to do it. And let me show you. That's not something Devin's had. Um, but he's also the, the, the you know, he, he has the emotional capacity to know when he needs to when he needs to like relinquish, when he needs to let go, when he needs to allow Devin to make the mistakes because Chris wants to protect his guys. He doesn't want Devin struggling. You know, it's a point guards mentality. I got to protect my guys, but he's done a good job too, allowing Devin to take control. And so when you, you talk about Devin as a player, how can he get better and continue to grow? There's still that emotional maturity that has to happen. You know, the, the, the emotion of the game, the pressure of the game, the competitive nature, you know, like I think we still have ways to improve him and Chris together in a tandem. I think they just like, dueling to see who can get the most technical fouls at it. But I think that's the next level for him because from a playing, a player standpoint, Devin's he's still too young to know how he'll continue to grow uh, physically. And, you know, you look at his skill set, he's adding things to his, his game every year um, within the year, you know, becoming better. So he, he has a lot of room for growth, but more than anything, I think the mental uh, and emotional maturity is where he can take the biggest steps uh, quickest. And you played on uh, LeBron. LeBron James has called you the best teammate that he's ever had. Um, <laughs> having played on championship teams, man, how, what traits do you look for in players that, that I don't know, that lead you to believe that they can help you guys win a championship? And do you guys have the pieces in place to win a title right now? 
We do. Um, because I, I look at winning a title is, is stacking games on stacking wins. You know, if you look at it like, okay, who I think on a nightly basis, we can beat any team in the NBA. And I, we just need to do that four times out of seven. And I do believe we can do that. That's not to say we will dominate teams, but I do believe if we're in those moments, we're good enough to do it. And so, uh, yeah, I believe that. Um, but then just being a great teammate is, you know, I just look for guys that that care, man. Like I look for guys that care about winning, guys that care about their teammates having success. They care. And if you have a, a high care factor, I think that'll get you a long way. James, talk a, before I let you go, I, I, I do want to talk, uh, have you talk for a second about your relationship with Robert Sarver. And Robert's been very, very good to me. Uh, you've been very good to me at times, I'm sure, when I didn't deserve it and so I just want you to talk about Robert a little bit because look he's a passionate guy I've known him since he bought the team a very passionate guy wants to win in the worst way uh talk to me about your growth with Robert just as as friends over the last few years well you know I say there's two things about Robert that I appreciate one I know he cares you know and 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 he says it he demonstrates it and he talks about how much he cares which means a lot when you're in, in these positions. And then uh, two is he pushes, you know, like Robert pushes. He's, he's not one to, to let you stay comfortable or remain comfortable. Um, that's just who he is. He's always pushing you to strive to do more, um, prodding you. You know, sometimes you, you don't like it uh, because it's forceful and it's direct, um, but you understand in order to make it at this level, you have to be forceful and direct. You know, players want that. Coaches want that. You know, everyone just wants clarity um, and they want you to be direct with them. And so it works well for me. Um, I've grown a tremendous amount. of. Uh, I've grown tremendously in my time here. Look, you know, I came into the front office with zero front office experience, uh, a lot of experience with the Players Association. So I've had leadership experience, but not at this level. And, and Robert's been, you know, instrumental in helping me accelerate my timeline to, to get caught up to speed. Uh, because I do know those two things. He cares. Um, and, and because he's, he cares, he's going to push me. And, and it forces you to, you know, it forces you to move. Um, like it or not, we know we're creatures of comfort. Everyone wants to sit and, you know, enjoy what they're doing. But Robert doesn't give you that opportunity. He reminds you constantly we're doing this for something bigger than ourselves. We have we have a team. We have a city. We have, um, you know, we have an organization. Um, that that's relying on us in basketball operations to to do our best to give them a team that's representative of what they believe in. And so uh, I, I, I can't thank Robert enough for this opportunity. And, and as long as I'm in this chair, I'm going to continue to push. Just real quick, I just want to add Robert, you know, he's taking his share of crap for for things over the years here and there. But one thing that he's always done has been his hiring practices, minorities, women, uh, with the Mercury, with the Suns, have always been right at the top. So go, Robert. James, continued success to the Suns, continued success uh, staying healthy the rest of the year. Come back and talk to us after the playoffs, maybe? Will do. I'll talk to you at some point at the end of July. All right, buddy. There you Thanks, go. James. And that's James Jones. Yeah, Once again. that was this. Now, looking back, I'm like, oh, Oh. He told us. <laughs> yeah. Other GMs might want to watch his pod.
you know, oh, check right. it out. Executives like, here's his blueprint. Yep. Because it's definitely on, a blueprint. Yep. He came and on it, the the show with Rex and Josh, and then they went to the finals. It's the recipe, it, right? It seems like we didn't might not have shown it in these segments, but didn't we give him a lot of tips? We did. We did. Yeah. I think we it's helped us. him out, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's not them. It's not the sons no. that are doing it. It's, it's us. It's you know us. what else? You know, it's, it is. Welcome, us. Phoenix. Yeah. Take that. Um, so we had uh, James Jones, episode 18, JJ, yeah. right? Right. And um, <laughs> well, you'll see. Next week, we've got another JJ. JJ Reddick. Evans. JJ Reddick. Dynamite. Dynamite. No, not that guy. Uh, but no. it, it might be. Okay. <laughs> JJ Reddick uh, does the dynamite thing, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, that's not him. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Walker. That's no. Uh, well, yeah. I can't wait for this. Right. I got a thousand right? questions. And he's a JJ dookie. Reddick. He's a dookie. I know. I don't. Oh, he, is he our first dookie? Is he last. our first dookie? Blah. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode yeah, 19 with JJ Reddick. Next Episode week. 19 with JJ Reddick. Next week, powered by basketballnews.com. See you next week.